Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio, and Razzle Dazzle, I'm your best buddy Basil. And this is Gons, welcome to episode number 155, New Aeon, William Ramsey Returns. That's right, we're back with another Canary Cry Radio episode. For those who are subscribed to the Canary Cry Radio stream on your podcast player, we are happy to be back we are in the midst of our experiment of course we've been doing canary cry news talk all along three times a week for three years now but not everybody made the switch over to canary cry news talk so now we are attempting to revitalize the uh the flagship show of the canarium and that is canary cry radio we're bringing back uh interview episodes bringing back topical episodes a little bit more more evergreen situation and uh, this is one of them we are i said we are in the midst this is our second time doing it uh for the months of march and april every two weeks we will be replacing a canary cry news talk episode with a canary cry radio episode and this is your chance canary cry radio listeners this is your chance maybe the news talk thing wasn't your thing you missed the old school canary cry radio now is your chance uh to make your voices heard that you want them you want to keep them coming uh you can do that in a couple ways the first way is by sending us an email to canarycryradio at gmail.com just drop in say hi tell us who you are when the last time you listened was and uh let us know that you're happy we're making these episodes again that's canarycryradio at gmail.com the other way is by producing the show We'll talk more about that later, but uh, during our Canary Cry News Talk renaissance that started at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, the only way that we are able to do what we do over there is through something called the value for value model, which turns you, dear listener, not just into a consumer of the product, but into a producer of it. You can produce with your time, your talent, or your treasure. You can go to canarycryradio.com slash support or canarycry.support to learn more. Uh, but we'll talk more about that later. But for now, Gons, we're back, baby. How does it feel? Feels very strange. I feel like feels I just strange. want to talk about news all the time, but it's good to step back and reflect on 10 years of content from Canary Cry Radio and having some of our guests back who laid out some pretty solid foundations for what to look for. And I think Canary Cry listeners from back in 2012, 2013 era were uh, well-equipped to have conversations and to identify all the things oh, yeah. that have happened since then in the world. Totally. So. If you were an old school Canary Cry radio listener and you never made the switch to News Talk, I would recommend checking it out because everything that we laid out for, you know, since 2012 is so relevant to what's going on in the world today. And all we're doing is analyzing and deconstructing the news uh, through big current events and small ones, as well as technological, uh, I don't know, updates, innovations, the march towards the transhuman uh, utopia, all that stuff. Uh, Canary Cry News Talk is a great place uh, to get that a few times a week. So go check it out. Uh, but today, Gans, we have 
a multiple time Canary Cry radio episode. The last time he showed his face around here was in 2016. Uh, And, you know, back in the day, he was a favorite. And we we had conversations about whether we should get new guests on or revisit the old guests. I mean, and it's been long enough. We decided it's time we catch up with some guests we've had on before. Uh, So today we have William Ramsey from William Ramsey Investigates. Uh, It's just a prolific Uh, investigator on his podcast, William Ramsey Investigates, Uh, of course, the author of several books. And in our world, in Canary Cry world, really a foundational uh, resource for how the occult is present in everyday life, even in parts of life that uh, you may think are pretty, pretty benign. (laughs) Boring. Boring. Yeah, that's right. That's where the they hide. The boring places. In the boring places of life. Yeah. That's where it's so effective. Um, so anything you want to say before we get started? No, Gons? let's go. Let's go. Let's get into let's it. do it. Gons is excited, folks. Let's go. Hey, everybody. You are listening to Canary Cry Radio. And Razzle Dazzle, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 155. Uh, in August, yeah, 155. In August of the year 2012, on episode 20 of Canary Cry Radio, it was a long time ago, uh, he gave us the full download on Aleister Crowley's satanic ritual influence on society. After a brief touch and go on episode 100, he returned on episode 114 in December of 2016 when he outlined the apocalypse or revealing of the occult elite in politics and other institutional leadership. Nearly seven years has passed since then, and he's back for episode 155, where uh, we're long overdue an update on what has certainly been an accurate foundation that was laid in his past three appearances. He's currently the host of William Ramsey Investigates, author, lawyer, independent investigative journalist, and fellow brother in Christ. William Ramsey, welcome back. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you guys again. It's been too long. Yeah, way too long. Too long. And I mean, it's not, uh, you know, not every podcast gets to brag about having done, uh, let's see here, 30 episodes, 40 episodes in seven years. We truly have an impressively. lackadaisical pace here yeah Uh, but we're glad to get you back i can't believe it seven years is it you know it's weird i might be getting old but it feels like just yesterday it is strange it's a strange kind of time warp it doesn't feel like that long ago yeah it was i mean you guys were i was on your show when i was first writing stuff that was amazing like i think i was on my second book maybe i don't know if i had written abomination yet when i would talk to you guys first wow Wow, we were both we were both just getting started back then. Well, that's great. Well, okay, so I imagine for the past uh, seven years you've been a busy boy, and I imagine that most of our listeners will remember and have uh, listened to your previous episodes. But if in some wild alternate dimension, if this podcast gets broadcast through the wormhole or whatever, uh, and there's somebody new who hasn't heard of you um can you tell the audience the newcomers a little bit about yourself maybe a little history a little bit of your your uh academic focus and maybe i don't know your favorite pokemon or something (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about Pokemon, but okay. I was in a former career. I passed the bar, at California bar. I'm still a member. 1998 was kind of an independent researcher trying to figure things out. Lost faith in the corporate media. Started writing my books. 2010. And my last published book was 2021 called Global Death Cult about Adam Waffen and a, uh, a cult group called the Order of Nine Angles. And a lot of unfortunate criminal events took place around them. But uh, I've been busy since we last talked. I was a producer for the Ed Opperman port, Report. Still doing a lot of interviews with a lot of other shows. And I started compiling those and putting them up on Spreaker and uh, just found out that it, it kind of gained popularity. So I kind of was focusing on that as a means to kind of sell my books and stuff like that. Um, so I have kind of a podcast with oh, I'm very close to 900 episodes on a wide variety of different subjects, true crime, my books, um, brag, just a, yeah, all kinds of stuff. But <laughs> 900. I'm, episodes. I'm headed, oh my yeah, gosh. I've done a lot of work. So, but my, it's in the 0.5% of podcasts, top oh, no. 15,000 podcasts in the, in the world. And, uh, I just keep working. There's just a lot of things that I'm interested in covering. So and I've had a lot of really fortunate connections with people on the internet of uh, similar outlook as mine and uh, tried to encourage getting their information out as well. So you can find a lot of stuff uh, on my podcast, William Ramsey investigates. Yeah. And, right on. And that's my Sorry. website too, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. If you want signed copies of my books or some of my other articles that I've written, I actually got heavily censored of my like third YouTube channel. Yeah, um, we we feel you. I think we're on number uh, three or four. So yeah, they're, they're definitely yeah. feel you on that. Yeah, and you know, I think if I recall, you you were running into some legal issues with publishing a book, and there was a lot of stuff that you dealt with, not just. You know, in terms of the, the almost face to face with some of these people that you were talking about and, and exposing in some of your material. Um, is there an update on Still that? Am. Still, Still am. am. Okay. Uh, ongoing. No, I had my, my second book got taken down by Amazon. I had to kind of fight to get it back. Right. There was a copyright claim. Mm. Um, that's how they, that's so, how they do it, huh? <laughs> yeah. So copyright they kind of get you in all ways there. I'm always trying to get censored or something's going on or intimidated. So it's been a very interesting uh, journey. Uh, it's been over a decade, but I kept a low profile. I don't go to book signings, <laughs> but I'm still here by the grace of God, uh, relatively sane. But it's been pretty interesting. I've had uh, some interesting run-ins. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, these are not uh, pleasant characters, for sure. sure. Some of the people I write about, Crowley, for, for instance, but his followers are very nasty uh, people. Mm -hmm. And, but I think it's worthwhile. I don't regret ever exposing him or having people understand because of his influence, it's a baleful negative antichrist, uh, influence. So I felt yeah. it was like, once I understood it, it was my duty to kind of go down that road. And I've learned about so many other of his followers, some of them passed away, but people who still have kind of, uh, are carrying the torch, uh, for Crowley today, yeah. which I think uh, people have to avoid. Stay yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how you know back in 2012 when you laid out sort of the Aleister Crowley Foundation was the influence he had so much in not just culture but media and and government and everything. Uh, and and uh, it was only a few years later where it started to become much more public. Uh, the whole and and they became almost like controlled uh, revealings. I think Pizzagate was that way where it was like, okay, yeah, there's stuff going on, but we're going to peddle this fake thing and then call it 
or, or accuse anybody who believes in any of it as this sort of not fake necessarily, but sort of a murky thing about uh, because anytime the media would report on the Pizzagate issue, it was always contextualized as they believe Hillary Clinton literally held children in the basement of a pizza shop. And it was like, well, that's not really the con- the concern of most who are looking at this issue, but that's how it's characterized in the mainstream to you know discredit anybody looking into it. But it was a sort of a, a wave of people learning about these issues. And, you know, I, I, you said you kept a low profile, but you know, I kept pointing back to some of our interviews and some of your work uh, quite often because you had done sort of the foundational work of categorizing it, showing the faults with it in terms of a biblical perspective. Um, so, you know, I think I think you deserve a little more credit, but maybe that's kind of how you want it. You don't want to necessarily get. Uh, in front yeah. of all these people, especially now with uh, sort of the hype machine in certain pockets of hives out there in the uh, Internet world. Yeah, but I, you know, I wrote well, my books for my own satisfaction, too. So all yeah. those footnotes stuff, people can read that, too. I didn't know a lot of that stuff. I thought Crowley was a dabbler. I didn't know about the West Memphis Three. I didn't know about some of these things, his influence. So I wrote them to my satisfaction, but I'm glad that they're out there so people can use that as a baseline. I can push beyond what i've done right um so i mean my, I think well, my third book has like 800 footnotes like i just really did a huge research grind but uh, i think it proved <laughs> to my satisfaction that these secret societies secret ideas of esotericism occultism and their influence on political and criminal acts as well and the culture are extant they're, they're real they're real um, well it, uh, you know i'm I'm grateful that we had you so early in the history of Canary Cry Radio, had you on the show, uh, because it really did serve. And we may not have even known it at the time, but the idea that, you know, active occult uh, practitioners and uh, ritualists and things like this, uh, having a, a not insignificant place in broad culture you know nowadays and it's really interesting now in 2023 it's quite common for everybody to know that you know the super bowl halftime show or the olympic opening ceremony or a lot of these very public uh displays are you know sort of littered peppered with uh at the very least, occult uh, symbology and and things like this. This is sort of common knowledge now. It's no longer a fringe uh, sort of idea. And it's starting to be uh, sort of a part of the average lexicon, at least on the Internet. Uh, yeah. The fact that, you know, actual real occult practitioners uh, either holding Positions of power, whether that's in government or business or show business or or whatever. Uh, but but also, you know, even if they don't literally hold the position, the office, uh, the, the people who do hold the position or the office uh, are very close. I mean, sometimes best friends with <laughs> sort of notorious occult practitioners. And we, there is this sort of interesting world that we live in that is entirely different from 2012 when uh you know when we were fringe weirdo conspiracy theorists you know talking on something called a podcast what's a podcast well it's kind of like internet radio and blah 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 <laughs> uh but now we live in a world <laughs> you know where not Joe only our podcast is a billionaire the, the sure the, the richest 
the richest uh, show business people in the world are podcasters now. Uh, but also the idea that uh, occult practitioners uh, sort of holding Exist. positions of power is common knowledge and almost to the point where, you know, you it's it's sort of like obvious, like even to bring it up in conversation, you know, somebody might be tempted to be like, well, duh, why are you even, you know, saying that, uh, which was a, you know, a, a, sort of a really big part of the foundation of this show was was your work uh, back in 2012. Now, what is it? I mean, do, do you have any comments to uh, that you could share with us or what's your ideas about, you know, just sort of how popular that notion is nowadays uh, that even like you, you said, you mentioned Joe, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, even Joe Rogan talks about, uh, you know, weird occult stuff showing up in government and media. No, it is interesting. I think that the culture has changed. I mean, I was trying to do it, and I think other people have just kind of exposed things. And it's particularly in the Christian community, kind of, it seemed at that time, there were maybe a few guys talking about Joe Schimmel, but just trying to get people to understand that this is out there. But Gons, like mentioned, uh, Pizzagate, like people freaked out when they realized mm. that uh, Marina Abramovich was doing spirit cooking. That was really the biggest issue. They turned the whole story cleverly, very deftly and subtly into a different story. But that was really it. And the name Philema was actually in the Podesta emails. But her, I mean, you want to talk about Basil, about somebody who's uh, right adjacent to power. Her pictures of her are with almost everybody, like some of the richest billionaires in the world, huge cultural events, fashion, Kanye West. She pops up with Kim Kardashian. like, And that is a flat out witch. I mean, there's no, and she knows a lot about Crowley and the Matria and all this stuff. So, um, so she's one example of these people being adjacent to power. We can talk about Damien Eccles, his friendship with Johnny Depp and all that stuff. So I think uh, I think that the culture is changing. And I think that the word got out like these are uh, malevolent ideas. Crowley, Crowley was an anti-Christian. So I think it's important for the Christian biblical based community um, to kind of understand that these things are out there. And it's actually very biblical. It is biblical, because if you go back and look at any time in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, there are contests with um, what would be that those occultists of that day, uh, whether it's, uh, was it Magus, was it Simon Magus was contesting even in the Apocrypha with Peter. Um, and, and so there's other things like that that are happening, and especially Paul's always fighting with everybody else. So that, that I think is uh, a template of what's happening now. So I, I'm glad that people have kind of it's been more acceptable to talk about that. I think when I was talking about Crowley kind of in a more studied way, it was like people were like, what is he talking about initially? Or how yeah. does he know this or whatever? But now I think it's like, now, okay, we, there is something there. Yeah. So. Yeah. And with Crowley in particular, uh, and feel free to come on in and, and uh, you know, correct me if I get any of the details run, wrong. One of the big things with Crowley was his um, sort of participation in 
sort of government activities and, uh, you know, the war and being called upon to participate in uh, giving some sort of supernatural advantage to the allies or, uh, you know, it's well known that Hitler, you know, was, was interested in the occult and, and uh, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's not as well known that the allies also sort of um, employed occult ritualists to try to gain an advantage. And I think it's an interesting uh, time because, of course, over the past few years, people being more aware of occult in the circles of power, whether it's Kanye or, you know, through the Balenciaga the thing, a lot more people came to know about it. You know, Abramovich, of course, everybody Abramovich is friends with uh, it. it but we are in this sort of time of upheaval, specifically in the context of war. I mean, we're, what we're seeing with uh, the Ukraine and Russia and now China and Saudi Arabia and Iran and the whole thing is kind of gearing up to get set up. Uh, and this is kind of a moment where we could, if we look close enough, you know, start keeping an eye out for uh, more occult practitioners to be called upon again to influence these sort of world events. Yeah, I would be keeping an eye out for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's very intense things happening in the world right now. There's no question about it. Yeah, there's. What, a, um, I, I was mm-hmm. going to say, just um, there's a book, um, and maybe you've uh, come across this book, uh, William. Alistair Crowley and the Temptation of Politics by Marco Passi. Yeah, Passi, yeah. Um, and yeah, that, and Passi's sort of summary of the whole thing with Crowley's influence to politics was that it was sort of a right-wing pro-Nazi extremist ideology, which is really fascinating when you think about how that ideology is being framed in America, who are the, the culprits of that ideology which are extremist Christians, Christian nationalists. They have all these labels. It's very fascinating that that is being twisted around to create a bad guy in the uh, sort of downfall of America. But um, yeah, you know, you, you had mentioned that you're doing a lot of research into Balenciaga. Uh, There's a Kanye connection to the whole thing. Um, For those who may not know anything about Balenciaga, can you give us a little bit of the rundown? I'm sure they've heard of it now because the whole story blew up in the last few months with the advertising going on uh, with the children and the, you know, all that weird stuff happening. Um, but can you give us a quick rundown of what happened and, and where we're at now in terms of what we know about Balenciaga, the, the fashion design company, highly influential in elite circles and the world? Absolutely. I would like to address uh, Marco Pazzi too, sure. but he is uh and scholar of the esoteric. He's actually in a university, I think somewhere in the Netherlands, where they actually have kind of like, instead of history, it's occult studies. And so he puts that uh, temptation of politics was put out. There's another guy by the name of Wouter Anagraph. That's what they do. Like imagine the change in the academia in Europe has changed so much that they have literal occultist teaching. It's well, so well, that makes sense. Position, yeah. yeah, that makes sense because, you know, I, I noticed in the, you know, mid 2010s ish, the, the uh, theologists, apologists destroyed sort of the philosophical atheism <laughs> in an intellectual way. It was sort of being dismantled, and whether you acknowledged it or not. 
and uh, other authors that we've had guests we've had on had talked about how the supernatural worldview is sort of re-entering academia, the re-enchantment of society. And it's through scho- uh, scholarly academia that the ivory tower. So that's really interesting to to see that there's <laughs> actual occultists no, doing research. Super interesting. Like um, it's not like a critique. They're actual occultists doing occult right. research that in academic hilarious. papers. Just, you can look uh, up Hanegraaff too. The same type of stuff as Posse. Yeah. So it is. I'm very familiar with that. And Crowley de- definitely had. He was a spy. I think that's proven. But he also had a political application of his ideas. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just some religious. I was going to start Palima. He believed in that. He had. A definite political position where is he wanted the book of the law everywhere. He believed in the best state is a feudal state. He wanted to persecute Protestants and Jews. Um, he believed that the, the I've, I've made that quote many times about the cattle and, uh, the, you know, the average person should be kept as kind of a cattle to be sheared and, and used for their mutton. Like, so he had a kind of a new world order before the new world order outlook, I think. So I think that that's consistent with a lot of other occultists, whether they're known or unknown. But Balenciaga was a huge scandal because they involved kids um, in these pictures that were hyper occulted. There's all kinds of occult references to like uh, mind control, trauma, occultism, black dragon, moon cycles, you know, all this kind of witchcraft. So people freaked out and really started researching it. I had a lot of researchers on Twitter that I followed. And just notice some of these people show up. Well, who shows up? Somebody who I studied in Children of the Beast, his name is, uh, or was, he passed away. Uh, it's uh, Genesis P. Orridge, who has been, who's the godmother of Damien Eccles, like a very heavy-duty occultist for a long period of time. And also Michael Aquino. So these people who are ma- shaping this kind of high-fashion symbolism and clothing uh, are also networked with these occultists. It's incredible. Like, like this kind of like dark writer occultist, not just run of the mill, but the real top of the the occult hierarchy uh, they're hanging out with and, and spending time with. And there's just incredible. It's like looking through the Pizzagate Instagram pictures and all the weird kind of hidden, um, you know, terms and, and things that are insider, obviously insider knowledge. But their stuff in the Balenciaga, the girl's main, uh, the main name was Lada Volkova, was the head at one point for Balenciaga's fashion, high fashion clothes line. And so she had all these references. One was like to Molech and kind of like seedy prostitution houses and kids and blood and just very disturbing kind of uh open references to all this kind of dark occultism but it was surprising that i saw you know the stuff and then it gets even deeper like we can go into this all this other stuff on reaching george bataille transgressive fiction and they actually they know a lot they know more than i do yeah. <laughs> and i'm pretty studied on it but like they you can like take a piece some of these pictures were like almost i don't know what it would be like like somebody uh, likened it to those old kids cartoons where you're supposed to find little uh, symbols in, in there. It's almost like that. Like they're planting all kinds of weird symbols in in this, at least this one Balenciaga 
advertising campaign. So. Like an I spy book. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. I yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it was. You see the, the pictures, the screenshots, and it's like every square inch of the image, you kind of have to like look for the tiniest of details and the tiniest of details in the image would have some, you know, pretty disturbing connection to either some previous uh, occult literature or symbology or something like that. Um, for those who, and I think this is in the same uh, sort of thread, I think, as Balenciaga, because that was advertising. It, it, when it boils down to it, Balenciaga was advertising. And we're talking about these sort of hidden symbols and messages and things like this in, in uh, major media. Now, it's been a classic uh, sort of fixture of sort of uh, fringy YouTube channels or podcasts or whatever to kind of break down pieces of media uh, and pull apart the symbology and sort of analyze or deconstruct it for a long time, at least for, you know, more than a decade now. Uh, but for those who might be a little bit more on the uninitiated side, uh, what would you tell someone or how would you begin um, sort of uh, illuminating someone to the fact that the occult really is all around us and it's not on accident and it is, you know, uh, both a coordinated effort and the, uh, I don't know, the product of individual practitioners, uh, you know, gaining influence in the world. Well, I mean, you could just use Hollywood for an example. So many of these movies have occult themes. They're just redolent with um, uh, things that are in the common culture. People that know these stories. Fight. I just did an uh, analysis of Fight Club and all this esotericism in that. Um, that's just one example, but yeah, I don't really watch TV. Yeah. I don't really watch TV anymore. So I don't know what they're pushing other than, uh, unnecessary big pharma drugs. But <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, uh, in the common culture, if you just look at the films and music, it's all over the place. I think that it's actually the predominant kind of religion is esotericism more so than Christianity. It's really kind of flipped in the last 70 years or something like that. So I think that that's what all these people do and know. And, and I think that that's what this whole kind of gender breakdown and all this kind of weird trance stuff is actually Satanism. Um, so I think that that's one of the big push to confuse things and these kind of weird drag uh, thing uh, events are all kind of the cultural push of this kind of androgynous view that Crowley would have had or the pan kind of uh, sexuality that's actually not, it, it goes through Crowleyanism, in part, and occultism, uh, Satan is a, is depicted as a androgyne often. So, I think that that's part of the common culture that's very evident. Like it's popping up on my uh, internet feeds and stuff like that of all these weird, uh, the gender fluid things that are happening in the common culture is actually a satanic a cultural assault. So I, I would say that would be a big one for me. Yeah. I have a question about that because. There, uh, you know, even as somebody who did a lot of research and made videos and stuff over the last decade, there was always that question of, and this is sort of a personal thing, but also maybe, you know, how you present things. How much do you show? Because I, I see all that stuff too, especially on social media. There's a lot of people that, I guess the algorithms on Twitter or whatever are showing like 
conservative accounts or, you know, your more right leaning accounts or whatever, who are like, look at this horrible thing that's happening with the trans and the kids and all this. And it's all this footage. And it's like, I don't want to see that. You know, you know it's like, I get, I get it. I get you're exposing it. But also, I don't want my kids to see that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> like, I get it's going on. Um, and it's almost like a desensitization, a, a purposeful desensitization on both sides. Obviously, the sides that are within the debauchery is, you know, they're they're sort of in it. But then to just show it, you know, as part of the exposing is it's kind of a two way street and it's starting to get really uncomfortable in that regard, because the same thing with the Pizzagate stuff. It's like, I don't know how much our audience, I'm sure some had went down the rabbit trail further down the rabbit trail, but there were really, really obvious disturbing images from the people that I think it was people that worked. There. I don't remember the exact details, but there was people associated was Jimmy with Jimmy Comet. Was Jimmy the Comet. Owner. Yes. Jimmy yes, Comet. Yes. That, yeah. 50, one of the top 50 most powerful men in DC, according to right. was DC it Jimmy, magazine. Jimmy, Comet. Jimmy, James Alephantis. James Alephantis. That was his name. That's right. I thought it was kind of a, yeah, that was kind of his nickname or his pizza place name or something. But yeah, point being that there was a lot of disturbing pictures that were just public and uh yeah it's it's just one of these things where it's like yeah expose it uh, raise awareness but also you know what, what do you think like where's that line for you or for you know for, how do you present it without because because some of it is evidence it's proof you know it's like here it is it's obvious proof but then now you're exposed to seeing that kind of stuff i think it's a question i've asked myself on all my work is do you really want to expose this is this something that you're going to put out into the you know, mental framework of society. And I think it was just, uh, so I, I would say my work isn't for everybody, but even in the context of what you're saying, I do think you have to show it because it's happening because it's real. Yeah. So I, and I don't think that this should be shown to kids, impressionable kids. The reason it's being shown to kids by the uh, part of the dark side is to initiate them because yeah. a lot of these people wouldn't even know they would have that question. When I was growing up, there was never a question of gender. You were a man or a woman. That was it. And nobody really thought any differently. They didn't even go into any kind of internal struggle session or self-questioning. That was always a given. Now it's totally different because that idea has been, I think, seeded through American society deliberately by the Satanists. Um, and so it is a really important question of the, of the one you're asking is how can you look at this without kind of getting thrown off kilter or how people who shouldn't be exposed to it should be like, I've kind of like, uh, I think it's really people have to ask that question themselves. I mean, I believe in the independence of the human person. So if they, if they're uncomfortable and don't want to go into this darker side or not realize it, then don't. If it has heavily affects, I know people who don't watch horror movies because it affects them too much. It's good. Don't, you know? So, but I do think for like, uh, the seasoned, not milk drinking Christian, but like the meat, somebody who's been around, they have to know this. If you're a pastor or yeah. head of uh, any type of church or somebody who's influencing, I think knowing what's happening in the common culture is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. So I think that it's kind of like a case by case basis. Somebody, if, if somebody doesn't want to go on this and there's a different calling in the body of Christ, I think that some people are called, I felt called to do it. If you're called to go, you know, uh, help people in who are sick or feed the poor, do that first. You know, there's no there's no problem with that. So I think that for certain for me, I was called to do it. But uh, I think people just have to be very uh, careful, like 
for me, like when I watch all the stuff, I'm just like, I'm very clearly anti Sodom and Gomorrah now that, but maybe that clarity wasn't there 10 years ago. But like, I'm mm. like, I've seen enough. Like I don't want anything to do with that. So, right. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. How do you, you know, one thing that I find fascinating about the occult and sort of uh, mass media, but just culture in general is that it's not just about, you know, placing of symbols or hiding secret messages in mass media or something. It seems that the very mechanisms uh, that establish uh, the worldview of the masses, even in their strategies, have uh, at least have roots in sort of the uh, occultic magics or something. An example that always comes to my mind is uh, advertising. Uh, Edward Bernays, you know, sort of classically considered uh, uh, the father of advertising, but not just advertising. It's all the entire idea of public relations and product propaganda you know his 1928 book propaganda was all about rebranding propaganda uh into uh what we know now as advertising and you know this sort of harmless idea that oh you know you can just advertise but it, here's the as i'm sure a lot of people know the nephew of sigmund freud and uh, and also an occultist and in fact you look at uh, occult blogs and things like that uh, they will actually you know recommend to their students or fellow occultists to read propaganda 1928 edward bernays propaganda because it uh, is sort of a look into the systematic ways that populations are controlled. And, you know, we talk about the symbology in Hollywood, stuff like that. That really is just a product of Edward Bernays's invention of propaganda, advertising, public relations. And uh, because of its sort of, uh, I don't know, it's so... It's adjacent to psychoanalysis. Um, it's considered, you know, sort of a type of magic that's being perpetrated on the public as a whole. Do you have any opinions on that? Totally agree with you. Yeah, I think that one of the interesting things I've seen in my researches into occultism is that they're very much interested in manipulating other people in mind control. Almost all of the different strains, whether it's Crowley, LeVay, uh, Maya for the Order of Nine Angles or uh, Aquino, there's always kind of a component there. So I would think that if you are a magician or an occultist and you want to have power and money on the earth, that's part of how you get it is manipulating people. So I think that going back through Bernays makes perfect sense. And you can just see all the mental manipulation that's out there today with the whole COVID thing and the lies and the mis and disinformation. So, and malinformation. That, Don't forget yeah, the malinformation. Mal yeah, right. That pesky truth that uh, that makes people question authority. But one of the other things is that the symbol symbolism and the the intent to get the symbolism is an occult purpose. You know, because you're trying to get this meme or memetic or idea out there. And it, the occultism is you can you know that the uninitiated don't know or the profane, but the initiates know. So I think they put those things out there to whether it's the smiley face. We talked about that or um, yeah. 
uh, some of these other symbols. Saturn. Saturn. I saw a Saturn, post of somebody uh, right. at a whole chart. Yeah, so the initiates know that. And I think that that's kind of part of the magical process for them. Uh, the way that they think is they're trying to, uh, you know, bring something into this plane of existence through that magic. It's like, uh, yeah, it, for, with stuff that seems so, um, mm, I don't know, uh, uh, un, uh, what's the word? Like benign. Honestly, yeah. So something as benign as like a logo, and yeah. a lot of people don't think about it. You know, every company has a logo, mm-hmm. but you know, this logo idea is actually fairly new in human history. That you would have. I mean, there were brands. Brands, of yeah, course. The mark. There's, yeah. We call them brands now, but it was you know a mark that you would actually brand onto, for instance, cattle or something to uh, to market as belonging to an individual or a company. And logos, brands, you know, are so closely related, I would say, even that's being gentle with it, uh, to the concept of sigil magic and chaos magic, which became uh, extremely popular in the early uh, 20th century there. And, you know, it's sort of considered modern, the most modern form of magic, at least as far as I know, you can uh, correct me on that. So even the idea that we're surrounded by logos, the clothes that we wear on logos, uh, I'm sorry, the clothes that we wear covered (laughs) in logos, the products that we use, the food that we eat, they all have basically what amounts to a magical sigil. And, you know, in the chaos magic uh, I don't know what to call it, theology or uh, whatever. Um, you know, th- those symbols are given power and given, uh, you know, given a purpose. There's a purpose to them. And like you mentioned, it's usually about control. It's usually about control and resources. And, you know, you can see how uh, global businesses, corporations, you know, we ask, well, how are they so powerful? How do they get away with so much? Well, I mean, they're literally practicing chaos magic every day across the entire world uh, and it's working (laughs) and it works very well. Yeah. So there's kind of this idea that, you know, if uh, the practice of occult, at least occult principles, are so deeply ingrained in every aspect of society. Uh, you know, of course, you can you can attempt to never wear uh, clothes with logos or use a product that has a logo and and you know take it to an extreme. And I don't think it's an accident that people who you know, may take what are seen as extreme measures like not watching TV or uh, staying away from corporate branded uh, objects or products or trying their hardest not to, uh, you know, expose their children to whatever, you know, media or or um, liter- uh, literature magazines, stuff like that. It seems crazy. And I don't think it's an accident that. Uh, the normal way to respond to somebody who is taking such extreme measures is to sort of call them antisocial or crazy or or uh, whatever. You know, you can either on this sort of super religious side, they're a religious nut or they are. Oh, they're they're trying to get away from society. They're I don't they're know. I, I, I've seen a lot of hashtag the Amish were right kind of. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, nobody, nobody came, came tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There hasn't <laughs> been a good review true. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, totally agree with them. So what, they what, have real food. Yeah, they, they operate their own farms. I mean, they they have that right. They did have a right. But you're right. I mean, I've heard that the whole Microsoft Windows is Masonic, and people have gone through and looked at all these, like the Chevron is Masonic, and uh, Starbucks is like what a some kind of sea siren yeah. or something siren yeah, or something. Yeah. So. Or, or, and even the the concept of Saturn, you know, the planet, but also the 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 sort of manifestation of of Satan showing up in just like hundreds of logos. Everybody has logos that have the Saturn imagery. The swoosh you know, and Nike. And, you got the and surprise, surprise, yeah. A lot of these Saturn-based logos are some of the most powerful companies uh, on the planet. Boeing. Boeing even has a swoosh around the planet kind of thing, which I guess is supposed yeah, to be well, even, but, you know. Even Pfizer's new logo, you know, kind of has that uh, that swoosh to it. Oh, they got the memo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in it now. They're in the club. <laughs> <laughs> right. Apple is what the tree of knowledge, whatever. I don't know, you know, whatever he was thinking. But yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, we live in a world infused with kind of like magical principles for people to have control. I think that's fair. I mean, if you go into some of those corporate heads, that's all they care about is money and power. They're not really doing it for the public benefit. They may have some kind of, you know, candy coating or do something like that, but they're always interested in greed. So it would make sense they would try to use forces that may not be in the individual's best interest. Yeah. Yeah. We we have a, a topic that we cover. It's called beast fashion and it's sort of a, an overarching idea of looking at the themes of fashion being used to carry in the beast system. And clearly the, you know, but going back to Balenciaga, that's sort of a, what's happening there. But, um, yeah. and it's a, actually it's not to interrupt, but it's sure. happening across Balenciaga. Balenciaga is just one of the companies it's happening across all of the fashion brands. It could probably, you could do an occult high fashion. Oh yeah. And you'd find that it would be the same with like Burberry and the other ones, which is the weird, like, pedo bear uh, and, like, the weird purses and stuff. Like, it's not just Balenciaga. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's uh, well, I think even Celine Dion had some uh, New World Order commercial ad clothing with the all-seeing. <laughs> like, it was just like, what? And the babies. Have babies. you seen her video with the babies yes, and stuff? Yes. That's what I'm referring yeah. to. Yeah. There's a video of, uh-huh. of her. There's, like, a nursery, and they all get marked. It was just a crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but I, I, in that regard, I, I have seen a lot of connection to transhumanism. That's another topic that we've covered a lot over the last 10 years. And it's this idea of using technology to transcend humanity and all this kind of stuff. And, and I've talked about it a lot in my documentaries and videos, and we've talked about it a lot on Canary Cry, News Talk and Radio. And it's clear that the philosophies that were laid out by Crowley, like a Crowleyan philosophy, is very useful or at least uh aligns to some of the things that they like the gender issue that you brought up it's sort of a thing that can happen nowadays with technology and biology and surgery there's all sorts of ways to make that i don't know if it's truly that but you know maybe they're they're trying to, to do mimic stuff like, it i would right to mimic, mimic it or to, you know maybe but maybe that's what i'm saying with genetics and crispr and stuff like that maybe they're offshore boats or something trying to do it but um in regard to all that darkness coming out, there is also this sort of light side, the right side. And certainly, you know, we've sort of identified with that side of things with 
Christ being the center of that. But I also think there's a false light kind of thing going on. And I, I want to play a couple clips for you to get your response to it. Hey, everybody. We hope you're enjoying this uh, interview with William Ramsey from William Ramsey Investigates. It's getting heated in there, getting heated up, starting to uh, unveil the dark forces that are controlling uh, everything around us. But we wanted to take one quick second and thank some producers of this episode. That's right. We're on the value for value model, folks, which means we take no corporate money whatsoever. No advertising, no affiliate codes, no platform partnerships, no nothing. And it really is well, it should be a paradigm shifting experience. This is uh, value for value means that we're truly independent media. We take no money from any corporation, which means that there are no corporations with interests in what we say, what we do, what we talk about or what we don't talk about. We've found uh, over the few years of the pandemic here that the participation of corporate money in media is what's got us in this whole big problem in the first place. And by this problem, I mean everything around us. Uh, and so we've decided on principle to not participate in the magical rituals, the spellcraft of advertising. Now, that's tough because we got bills to pay around here. Um, not just related to the, uh, I don't know, us living human lives in America, but also the hosting, uh, the website, ting, the, the everything in uh, equipment, upgrades, all this kind of stuff. It's all provided by producers of the show. If this show brings any value to your life, if this talk with William Ramsey presents uh, some value that uh, you did not have before, consider becoming a producer producer of the show because it's only when producers put value back in that uh, we're able to stay truly independent and we can keep doing this. It's part of our metrics for whether to keep, uh, you know, sacrificing an episode of Canary Cry News Talk to do an episode of Canary Cry Radio is if the producers produce then it gets produced. And so we want to thank a few people who came in uh, with their finances, with their treasure to keep this show going. And we're going to thank them right now. Uh, yeah, Are you ready, Gon? Should we just yeah, go into it? Let's okay. Do it. I'm going to start out with Dame Gale, Canary Whisperer and Lady of X's and O's. Thank you very thank much, you, Dame, Dame Gale. Gale. Now, you might hear Sir or Dame, and maybe you're new. Maybe you haven't tuned in to Canary <laughs> Cry Radio in some time. Uh, we have the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames. And this is a special honorable position for producers who produce, uh, go the extra mile, keep the show going, do it either all at once with a, a big producership or uh, over time prove that they're committed to keeping the show going. And that's what Dame Gale is. Thank you very much. Dame Gale, Canary Whisperer, and Lady of X's and O's, who has been producing this uh, Canary Cry News Talk uh, for 236 episodes in a row. Thank My you very gosh. much, Dame Gale. Yep. Wow. Next up, we have Sir Casey the Shield Knight. He's the streak master. He's been supporting the show for 273 episodes in a row. Uh, now 274. Yeah. Now we have uh, Veronica D. Veronica D. Veronica supporting D. the show 236 episodes in a row. Thank you, Veronica D. We have Doctor Who Dundat. 
producing 38 episodes in a row. We have uh, Sir Scott Knight of Truth, who has come in for 263 episodes in a row. Thank you, Sir Scott. We have got uh, Sir Morv, Knight of the Burning Chariots. Hey, Sir Morv, thank you. Yeah, he came in with $11.11, 206 episodes in a row. Thank you, Sir Morv. Uh, we have Sir LX Protocol V2, Knight of the Berean Protocol, pocket full of sevens, seven, 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 149 episodes thank in a row. Thank you. Is that a program? Yeah. He must be a program. He's a, a robot. A robot. He's a producer bot. Excellent. Yes, of course. Um, there we go. I think that concludes the list of our producers who came in for this episode. Thank you very much. And uh, if you, dear listener, want Canary Cry Radio to keep going, a great way to signal that is by producing the show. You can create art uh, for the show jingles music whatever you do creatively create something for the show send it into canarycry.art let's uh, not send it in that's a website go to canarycry.art you'll see a button you can upload it there uh, or you can send us an email get in contact with us and let us know you want to help us out with some of our back-end processes whether it's editing or uh, social media management or copywriting or there's there's some for everybody to do uh, on the the back end here uh, so we appreciate that help as well or if you want to support the show financially you can go to canarycry.support canarycryradio.com slash support that's right canarycry.support or canarycryradio.com slash support uh, you'll see all sorts of ways to support the show over there Okay, I think that's it, Gons. I think it's time to get back to our talk with William Ramsey. What do you say? Let's go. Let's do it. Woo, 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 go. And I want to play a couple clips for you to get your response to it. And you may have seen this. I I clipped some some of it in Age of Deceit 3. It's Manly P. Hall, who I think a lot of our audience is familiar with. I'm sure you're familiar with. Another occultist and author. And uh, it's Secret his teachings of all ages. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, he is uh, doing a speech in 1990 and he's talking about the 21st century. And uh, let me play this. And, and I have another clip uh, that I would like to hear your response uh, from. The 21st century has strange reminiscence to the 21st year of a person's life. This is the year of the coming of age. It is at that time that theoretically the person adult is an adult. Something is going to remind us that man does not have the right to destroy that which he did not create. He has not the right to take a beautiful world with all its privileges and opportunities and turn it into a purgatory. Every day we read the paper there is more selfishness, more cupidity. And in a few years now, we're going to come to this period of a new generation. Now, there are a lot of people who are hoping a lot for this new generation. They're hoping that we're going to make a major step forward. Well, I think we will, and I think we will succeed. But I think it is very important that this situation should remind Freemasons that they have something to live for. Like a motivational speech for Freemasons, but... (laughs) But uh, yeah, any thoughts? Remarkable. So, I mean, you can see that. Like, I'm not surprised. Like, if you go to, like, uh, the House of the Temple in D.C., it's incredible. The Masons are like a soul secret society, of which I'm not a part of. 
I've never been initiated in any way, shape, or form. So I'm just an outsider looking in, but I'm not surprised. I mean, they're probably there's that agenda. The Masonic agenda has probably been ongoing for, you know, centuries. So, um, I'm not surprised at all that he would think the 21st century. I mean, you can be kicked off with 9-11, full of like Masons and stuff like that. Bush is a total Masons. I think Bush actually donated a million dollars to the house of the temple, actually. So oh, I think yeah. that that's, and all Crowley stuff is post-Masonic. So he'd already gone through Masonry. Right. So, and he was initiated in, I think in one of the orders was a Masonic temple in London. So um, I think it was uh, when he got initiated into the Golden Dawn. Right. So yeah. I'm not surprised, uh, but he, uh, Manly P. Hall is pretty remarkable here in L.A. They, they have it on Wilshire. They have an old Masonic building. I don't think it's in the same. I don't think there's as many Masons as there used to be, but it's pretty incredible. They have pictures of Oliver Pike outside and all the wise men, Pythagoras and all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, that's where he had, I think it's up in the Las Feliz where he had his Center for Philosophical Society, which is a pretty impressive library, actually. I mean, this is pre-internet. He collected a ton of books. Yeah. So he was kind of like the high priest of masonry at one point. I'm sure somebody's in charge of digitizing all that material that's in that library. <laughs> um, I, I do so. have a, a, a second part to this clip from Manly P. Hall. Um, talking about the, the 21st century, uh, not just the generation, but something more specific here. Almost all of the secret societies of the past have been dedicated to clean up jobs. They've all come like the Knights Templars to take care of the corruptions of various beliefs and doctrines. They came to take place, take the place of political corruption that was beyond hope. Every day, in every way, the brothers were at work, sometimes secretly but always continuously. And in the next uh, period of time, it seems to me we have masonry's coming of age. There may be more wars and more rumors of wars, but these can be avoided. There can be and should be what Nostradamus Seer pointed out. He said in the closing years of the 20th century, there will be great confusion and sorrow and misery upon the earth and great wars and troubles. But at the beginning of the 21st century, the Paraclete, the Prince of Peace, will come. And there will be a long time when the world will be in a blessed state of understanding. And to bring that understanding about the integrities, the dedications, the beliefs, the hopes and ideals of the secret organizations of the last five year, thousand years can be brought together in one definite purpose. There you go, yeah. So, talking about the Prince of Peace, Talking about sort of a, a cleanup job, which I think is very right. interesting. Right. Because yeah. uh, cleanup job, they're the ones who are going to do the cleanup job from everybody else, the profane, probably, right? Right. So. I, yeah. And um, you brought up Abramovich earlier. I have just one more clip. I, I'm sorry I have all these clips here, but I just want to get okay, your thoughts yeah. on it. Uh, but this is. Um, Abramovich on. Uh, uh, <laughs> I accidentally said something not appropriate. Abramovich, right? Uh, who is, um, she's doing some kind of a car sh a show where she's in the back of an Uber or something like that. And she's talking about Trump 
And uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah, very interesting. Let me play this for you. Trump is the best thing happened ever to us. Huh? That he is the magician of the highest order. That he is there in his irrational mind to create confusion in order that the human being can find new order. And you know, it's not so stupid thinking about this in that way. It's completely turning things upside down. So she claims she's sort of talking about it in a, you know, a flipped around way and trying to make Trump sound like he's this great magician and all this. But isn't that what they do? They kind of flip it around and, and joke about it. But they're it seems like Abramovich. Knows yeah. More. And she sends in the new order. So she's she's wanting to create the new order. She knows about the matriarch. There's videos of her doing full on sex magic, like Crowley and sex magic. Right. In public, like in a weird uh, art, art, so-called yeah. art, so-called but, art. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know when the Manly P Hall speech was? What day that was? Nineteen ninety. He died. Yeah. Do you know what day though? Because uh, no, he died can... in nineteen ninety. I wonder what day that was. I, it was. It's supposedly the very last. I'll send you a link uh, to the video. But sure. supposedly it was his last public speech. Last public speech. Yeah. Interest. So. Um, <clears throat> um. Yeah. So. Yeah. It. Uh, she's. She's in and she's networked like crazy. Jay-Z Kardashians, like I mentioned, like, which, which brings me, I mean, to, she, yeah, which brings me to Kanye, which is a very interesting thing culturally that's happened in the last, at least where we're recording this, where Kanye went anti establishment, or at least that's what it looks like. And he's talking about crazy things about <laughs> the Nazis and praising Hitler and, and doing all that kind of stuff and very provocative. And, you know, that's, that's certainly uh, something that's grabbed the attention of many, but, um, and he's doing these big concerts, these Christian concerts, but he's out there with Marilyn Manson. I mean, my brain is going, what is, what is going on? Yeah. This is supposed to be this. And he goes on Joe Rogan and talks about, I'm picturing these large concerts where we're praising the Lord and all this. I mean, he's talking all the right type of words when it comes to Christianity and all this stuff, but it's very grandiose. He's got his ecosystem that he's trying to create sort of his own, smart city type of deal, his own kingdom. Um, what, what's up with Kanye? A lot. I mean, I did a whole show called the occulted life of Kanye West because he never, he's never really brought out how occulted he was. He was heavily occulted. He hung, was hanging. There's pictures of him with uh, Alejandro Yudorovsky. You can check that out. And then like people who love Marina Abramovich, but he was at, I mean, even when the Balenciaga scandal exploded, he was at one of the Balenciaga shows sometime in late 2022. So he's always, he, and he has a very, he has an interest in high fashion. So, um, his Christian views, like the whole thing with Marilyn Manson is so strange. It's almost incomprehensible because Marilyn Manson knows all these occult stuff, Crowley, all that, Abby of Palima, um, he sings about that friends with Eccles. So to see him like on a so-called Christian, it's kind of like Gnostic Christian Christianity or something. Very curious, but as far as somebody who knows how to get uh, into the public eye and into the zeitgeist, I don't know if anybody's better than than Kanye. Maybe uh, Trump, maybe Donald Trump, but he got yeah, people to say, talk about. They, they both, you know, if Trump is a master magician, Kanye is as well. And it's interesting because they both hold what a lot of people seem uh, or a lot of people think is sort of... Um, I don't know, a strange Christianity, at least. I mean, they're both claimed to be 
Christian. They both sort of, I think, not coincidentally, consider themselves to be a type of savior figure. Uh, in recent Trump speeches, you know, I am your vengeance. I am your retribution. I am your, yeah. I am your retribution, stuff like that. And of course, Kanye has just literally said that he's Jesus. Right. Uh, so, you know, you have both of them. God loves uh, me. I love God. Let's see. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Very curious. I mean, I would say that you almost kind of like need to have some kind of like uh, testament of faith for the modern age to see what type of Christian you are, because you could just be like, yeah, Jesus is uh, Jesus is inside all of us or something like. So I don't know. I don't think that he's really convinced me that he is uh, has integrity to order or is authentic. Well, like, like he doesn't quote the Bible or I don't know what you would need. But I think that it, you'd have to kind of renounce your earlier life what he was doing, I would say, which is well, what which I find I interesting with the timing of everything. It was, he came out, he sort of against it. The Balenciaga thing was blowing up and he's doing this really hyper anti establishment type of rants. And so yeah, the, the whole thing is very, yeah. is this, and if you recall, I think it was Trump and Kanye, when they met, they were talking about dragon energy. Wasn't that them that said like, right. yeah, we got dragon energy. <laughs> I was like, why? What are you guys talking well, that's, about? That's the thing. I mean, it's the, the question of, is Chris, is uh, Trump and is Kanye are those two men good Christians or not is is almost boring like it's almost not even the right question to be asking in my opinion because what you what I see when I see both of them I do think that they are both as authentic and honest about their Christianity as they possibly can be, whatever that means. But, you know, it does bring up this idea of Christian witchcraft or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Christian, you know, uh, co-opting the tools and the liturgies of Christianity for the purposes of magic. Or using I it mean, in the Bernays system almost, right? right? Like using yeah, the Bernays sure. propaganda machine and instead of pumping well, satanic stuff like a syncretism but right. yeah like a, so many political people have used christianity for political means yeah from the beginning of time if not religion yeah. like they're just well, going through the motions because they know people want to see it i mean how many i, I mean that's got to be replete within western civilization for two thousand years yeah if you yeah. go back all the way to uh, constantine right like how much of a christian was he really he was a great political figure that's for sure but yeah well, and I think you could say this about a lot of politicians. I think Maria Abramovich would say about a lot of politicians that they are sort of masterful magicians because, you know, in the ideas uh, of magic and chaos magic specifically, you know, anything that holds attention, you know, lots of things can be used for magical purposes, you know, and Christianity is a big one because think of the symbolism, very powerful symbolism, instantly recognizable symbolism, you know, the, the Bible being a, uh, the most printed book in history. And there's more Bibles in circulation than there are whatever dollar bills or something i forget what the crazy Ooh, that statistic was <laughs> not so after 2020 uh-huh right so in a strictly occult sort of chaos magic um lens or the theology of, of how they believe that it works co-opting christianity would be a very powerful 
magical system to use for your own uh, for your own purposes. And I think when we when we have these conversations of is somebody a real Christian or is somebody a a good Christian or not, I think the what's really being talked about what the real question is is are they are they simply occultist magicians who are co-opting the powerful symbols and the powerful uh the power that christianity can hold over people and wielding it for sort of magical purposes and you you listen to kanye and the way he talks about things and i think to a degree trump although they have different styles uh i think you could make the case that they possibly are just very powerful sort of magicians who are uh uh, have gained power by co-opting uh the the sort of what they would think of as the, the, I don't know, magical energy stored within the culture of Christianity or something. Good point. Excellent point. I totally agree with that. But they've been doing yeah. it. I mean, if you go back to the early parts of like the Pope or the Catholic Church in the 15th, totally. 16th century, it's all political. It's yeah. all about money and politics and installing. These were, the Popes were not religious figures. They were the head of the church, but they were being put in there by the you know, the Medici's or somebody like that. So how much different is that today? I don't think it's that much different. I mean, maybe <laughs> I not the it's different at all. But the religious figures, the Christian religious figures in the United States are political figures. And yeah. even going back to like Bush or whatever, what was the guy who was like the not the moral majority, but it was there was some guy who was like, I want to put Christianity and Dominionism. And uh it was that kind of kind of you know, capitalistic Christianity, but Bush obviously is not a Christian. Like that guy's been initiated. He was in the tomb playing as a Christian. And all these Christians adored George Bush Jr. Skull and even senior. And they had to like, it had to have been a magical thing. Just like you said, Basil had to yeah. have been a magical thing for them because they were initiated and made oaths to God knows whatever the Illuminati or whatever, but they never renounced that, never exposed that, but it was really the core of their powers, the bonesmen and all that all that stuff. And I'm pretty sure they, at some point in that library in school, they read Crowley to a certain extent, Bush senior and junior. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it's a coincidence that you see specifically politicians simultaneously wielding sort of occult knowledge or at least occult participation uh, in conjunction or right alongside uh, trying their their hardest to convince everybody that they're Christian. You know, it's a, it's an interesting path that you see so many politicians follow. And it, it, it makes nothing but sense, and especially through history, like you're saying, because what is what are politicians all about? They're all about power. And what is magic all about? It's about power. It's about exerting your will on the world around you and who are able to exert their own will on the world around them more than politicians especially these days, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it makes nothing but sense that politicians would be among the sort of most uh, uh, practiced and most, uh, I don't know, uh, exposed ed- to the edu- yeah. educated, yeah, educated magicians or whatever. Right. Um, I'm curious, William, you do a lot of work. 
You do a lot of work. You've written a lot of books. You do a lot of podcasts. What right now is holding your attention? Is there a topic or a current event or an area of study that is just uh, gripping you right now? Uh, Maybe you're working on a project or you're just uh, diving into something that has your attention. I'm definitely working on a project putting together a uh, documentary based upon my book, Global Death Cult. But there's so much going on on the world. Like I'm definitely plate spinning a bunch of different ideas, whether it's the entire kind of jab situation, the new biomedical fascist state, um, still following occultism. I follow Balenciaga. I still like my book that I wrote in 2012, Abomination, still pops up. So I've been working on stuff related to that. Yeah. So you want to tell us about uh, it? Teach us something that's making you excited nowadays. Well, I mean, the guy who I wrote about just showed up on Tim Pool, like one of the biggest or bigger podcaster broadcasters out there. And just, um, I think he just kind of worked them over. They didn't seem to have to do their research. So, and who is that? Who was it? Tim Pool. No, I know Tim Pool. Damien Knuckles was on there. Oh, Damien Knuckles. He was one of the last yeah. But if you want to talk about uh, propaganda, manipulation, mind manipulation, Bernays and stuff like that, you should watch the interview he did with those two because they just got worked over. They didn't know any of the facts. He was putting his ideas into their brain. I think that uh, was pretty instructive, actually, for people to observe a really slick uh, manipulator. I was going to say, Tim Tim Pool, there's all these alternative platforms now that have gotten really big in the last couple of years, Tim Pool being one of them. So is this a, <laughs> literally a, a public display of a sort of a mind takeover? I think so. Wow. Think that's so. interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, it's really incredible. I think the guy knows uh, Damien Eccles had an unpublished book called mind magic. Mm. So it was about uh, mind magic. And I think that he's very skilled about uh, how to re like kind of reinforce people's ideas, even if they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So every time they would say something incorrect, you go, yes, exactly. Right. He would repeat that over and over again, knowing mm-hmm. he knows the facts, but they don't. So uh, it was really kind of an interesting. So I did it, just did a show. And it's interesting because, because Poole thinks that he's involved in the culture war. So he's having Eggles on as an example of somebody <laughs> who supposedly was injustice, but it's the exact opposite. So yeah. it's kind of like almost like a magical occult thing where the exact opposite is happening than what, uh, but what really happened in reality, like it's incredible, like a total inversion. And Eccles is kind of an important figure. He was featured as a kind of like, a, as like he was modeled this character from the fourth, ser- fourth series of Stranger Things was modeled on Eccles. Eddie Munson was the guy's name. <laughs> and he was. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen him pop up on some pretty big podcasts recently. Damien. What else has he been on? I don't know. That was the biggest one I saw him pop up on. Yeah, he was on um, uh, Duncan Tru- Duncan Trussell's oh, right, podcast. Right. Yeah, he yeah. Has, you know, I've, I've seen him pop up in some pretty mainstream, you know, big broadcast locations. Sounds like the Rogan now, tree. I know, I know we've talked about uh, uh, Damien Eccles before. <laughs> You've mentioned him in previous episodes. But uh, what is it you find so fascinating about this guy? The, the main influence in his life is Aleister Crowley. That's it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like why I keyed in on this because I think he's a modern practitioner carrying on the torch of Crowley. And uh, yeah. 
You want to talk about a guy using Christianity for his own purposes. If you watch that Tim Pool interview, he actually says one of the most important people in his life was um, Joel Osteen, right, from yeah. Houston. Oh. And then he actually, at the very end, he really drops a bomb like a Christian would recoil, recoil in horror where he says, outside of space and time, there's a creative energy we call God. So it's not like a anthropomorphized God of the Old Testament. There's a God and it draws power to us. And then we confuse it just like Jesus. We can become gods. It was like off the charts. And Tim Bull didn't say, he just went, wow. Or I dig it or something like that. <laughs> I dig you it. See, yeah, you want to see somebody manipulate Christianity to his own ends. That was a that's a perfect example. Yeah. It was it off Tim, the charts. I don't uh take in a lot of Tim Pool's content. Is is he a Christian? Does he claim to be a Christian or is no? I don't know what his background is. I just came across him like he's like some kind of guy who was associated with Rogan. So that's how I knew him. Yeah. But Rogan Tree. He, he Yeah, he's on the Rogan Tree. That's a really good point. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was. I think he was like a skate video guy. So I, I, I don't know, but I know he's been framed as sort of a more of a conservative, you know, yeah, uh, I mean, like the establishment like a guy, classic right wing, uh, independent media guy, very, right. big, very big, yeah, right, independent. Right, I would say that's right. So I think yeah. he has a place outside of DC, so people drive out to his house ranch and then they do interviews or something like that. But mm-hmm. so. Uh, so sort of tracking uh modern actors in the lineage of alistair crowley that's that's something that you kind of keep your eye on i would say i mean yeah actors yeah i mean not literal movie actors but people absolutely i mean i think children of the beast agents agents yeah so i think that you just see that tree of crowley going through jimmy page uh timothy Mm -hmm. leary who was also mentioned yesterday uh genesis p orange um eccles who's convicted of killing three kids right three eight-year-old kids um mm-hmm. still convicted he's still convicted yeah, but, I yeah saw, they're out there they're i saw an interesting um little somebody was posting maybe it was you i don't know i think i came across it on social media this um so so for if nobody if somebody has no background on the West Memphis three. There was a murder where three young boys uh, were murdered and Damien Eccles and a couple other guys, right, were convicted. It happened right? May 5th, 1993. They were arrested June 3rd, 1993. They were both convicted and then they got out of jail after actually pleading guilty again, which is kind of a strange event. Uh-huh. August of 2011. And oh, so they, they did get convicted and they served time. I thought Correct. maybe there was, they were still fighting for their innocence or something. They kind of are. Uh, they're still guilty at law. They're guilty. These still stand, but they're mm-hmm. kind of going through kind of, in my opinion, a public stunt to kind of like blame everything on uh, the state and uh, make themselves look good and look like make the state and the prosecutors look bad in the public eye and garner public sympathy so are there any other suspects because this this video that i saw was trying to say how it could not have been damien eccles because the murders were more reminiscent of druidic ceremony than of satanic ceremony so you know (laughs) why would this satanist that would float float in right with damien eccles he just posted something today about druids so I think they knew about Druidic pra- practice and his 
uh, parole officer back then in 1993 said he they saw him walking around with staves and like garments like a druid. So mm. uh, it was like a druid thing. I did a whole show with Chris Knowles. You can check it out. Chris so Knowles and I talked about the druidism in West Memphis three. Why is I actually he just Tim- posted on Twitter? Uh-huh. Well, because he they thought they seemed to think that was a perfect example of um this uh you know false conviction so he was like a poster boy for why the state is wrong and why the uh criminal justice system in arkansas is evil so that's way that that's the way he's presented himself in my opinion and that's what they that's why they brought him on but he's not known yeah. for anything else he's not like an influencer or a oh a he's a huge celebrity he's, all or anything, something? he's written yeah He's hanging out with all the celebrities, Manson, Depp, Peter Jackson. He's got six books, all of them on the occult. I think a lot of them are mainly on one he wrote called Ritual. Um, it's about ceremonies and admitted a ceremonial magician. So he's a huge influencer. I think he has a lot of followers, Patreon, people and buy his stuff. He's a influencer be, just because he's a, a wizard or something, a, a Satanist. That's he's not like famous for doing something except for spending eighteen years in jail for murder. I think that he's like these other like the theme that we talked about from the beginning is people either acting like occultists or being associated with people in power. He's associated with people in power as a kind of uh, warlock. Hmm. Interesting. And that's why they got okay. him out. That was the support. That's why the, the support came out. That's why all these people in Hollywood supported him. Uh, is that they knew what his real personality is. But he's played he's played this occult game with people that he has been unjustly uh, tried and convicted. And uh, there's a lot of suckers out there who believe that story. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, I'm curious to look more into the the actual read my book le- abomination it's all there, there. we go I've laid out Legal. the entire court case i've got tons of videos i put tons of videos on the west memphis three on my patreon so people can just check that out i've done so many interviews about uh about him. i'm doing another one tomorrow so you can just mm-hmm. uh, yeah well that, 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 that's yeah that's fascinating and so i mean you were talking about this guy what like 10 years ago something like that that was yeah. my, uh, first and book, he's, my book came out in 2012 so yeah, yeah. So eleven years ago now. I mean, I remember is like in our first conversation is when I first heard the name. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. So he's he's even ten years later, he's out there uh, in public eye doing his thing. What if he loses his magic power? Does it all does it, like the whole thing come down? Oh, that's a good question. Because <laughs> it feels know. like he's just but, holding up this shield and and you know he goes keeping the illusion talks going. About energy. He might have supernatural powers. He believes that he's in contact with demons and entities, Rosie and these other ones, the old man. Come always to always entities. They're, they're always talking to entities, huh? Yeah, you could say demons. Yeah, he says, well, back in the day, he said that, I think it was in 1992, he had the spirit of a murdered woman in his body, and it gave him power. Oh. That's what he said in 1992. Okay. So I don't know where he's at today. I don't know what he... He, he wrote something on his social media, like, drank some wine and he could taste the god and it like very mm. harry potter-esque type stuff but Man. yeah he has a lot of followers he has a lot of uh he's got a coterie of uh, like-minded people around him is what he wanted to put it so in global death cult you have the the subtitle the order of nine angels and we've angles, angles. 
Oh, it's angles. I read that wrong. Never mind. I was going to ask you about the nine angels or the, the, well, the council of nine. About the nine angles. Yeah, what are the nine angles yeah. then? Is that the uh, perpetual well, number? The... It, it's their kind of idea of the kind of uh, cosmos where there's like stargates where you can bring in dark gods. Mm. So they have this kind of crazy view. There's 21 dark gods, at least the original order of nine angles. So that's when you see, if you look at my book cover, you'll see that kind of uh, design of the angles going in. One is like a portal, but they <clears throat> were kind of uh, a fairly post-World War II new occult group that popped out of actually the farthest right in the UK, where all these like Nazis were, and it's kind of a fusion of Nazism and uh, occultism. And the guy read a lot of Crowley, so he knew his stuff and was in contact with LaVey, which I include a whole chapter in that book. But it actually disseminated and went through the internet and like there's murders associated with it. There's all kinds of crimes. They had a guy that just got sentenced. His name was Ethan Melzer from the L-Z-E-R. He was in contact with so-called people of the Order of Nine Angles. He was trying to set up his his platoon to be murder, mass murdered. He wanted to have a mass casualty event. Um, and so they caught him. He got sent. So they threw the book at him. He was going to jail for 45 years or something like that. <clears throat> but hey. other people started getting busted. Yeah. There's actually one case associated with Adam Wappen near you guys in Orange County. It was a uh, death of a young man by the name of Blaze Bernstein. Do you remember that case? Mm, I do not. It was somewhere down, uh, down in Orange County. If you look up Blaze Bernstein, he was woodward woodard or woodward i don't even think he's been tried yet but he was part of this adam waffen group that literally in early february the leader of adam waffen got arrested after he got out of jail he was plotting with his girlfriend or female thing to literally blow up the uh six power stations outside of baltimore and drive the city into havoc and uh they were intending to like just like blow up baltimore which is i think 60 percent or 75 percent black african-american so he got caught he's going to jail for a long time this time but they're still around a lot of these guys are going to get out of jail too so they're going to have there's going to be a lot of problems with these kind of young culted nazis yeah the whole the whole generation the, the generation that they had it's, hoped it, for and it's crazy i mean there were guys actually when i first came out i did a show with truth frequency i think it was what it was called and i was on there with a guy called ea Coetting who was involved in this group called a power of living God. It was P O L G. And so you could reach Godhead. Well, some kid in London was on their site and took his advice and went out and, and killed two girls in the middle of the night. Like, I mean, his name was Daniel Hussein. He just got sentenced too. It's all connected in, in a very strange multi-jurisdictional multi or international kind of contacts yeah through the internet so you're going to see a lot I, I don't i'm not positive i think with the dislocation in society and all of the conflict and stuff you're going to see some people with these ideas like cream crime was one guy i think who knew stuff like he knew some of the darker elements of uh, the corners of the internet so you're going to see i'd probably see yeah stuff in our lifetimes that are not going to be good yeah. Yeah, well, I I, I was going to bring up um, some of the recent kind of headline stories. Uh, the a few, I guess it was about a year ago, maybe less. The uh, QAnon surfer 
who was a gentleman who believed that his children were had like serpent seed and stuff like that and killed his children and his family and himself and all this. And we're seeing more and more stories like that. And I think it's kind of twofold where you have you're very occult, like obviously occulted, but then also these sort of more, okay, that's weird, you know, kind of taps into some fringy Christian theology and, but then, you know, acts in a violent way. Um, and it all sort of resonates with uh, the late Russ Dizdar's research, the black awakening where he believes just a generation. He, he was always talking about millions, you know, being activated all at once and causing chaos and breakdown of society and all this kind of stuff. Um, but you brought up the internet and technology and, and having it be a facilitator of especially, you know, the, the occultism and, and Crowley and the Thelema, things like that. I have a quote I'd like to get your thoughts on. It's from a paper that's titled the Magus of Silicon Valley, immortality apocalypse and God making in Ray Kurzweil's transhumanism is written by Edgel Esprim from Stockholm university. And he's talking about the singularity, the technological singularity. And here's what he says. The singularity is imagined to lead to a genuinely transcendent eschatological event. In fact, its eschatology resonates with premillennialism and dispensationalism, eschatological theologies that have been strongly influential also on modern esotericism from theosophy and thelema to the new age. Singulatarian transhumanism belongs to this same theological neighborhood. So, you know, he's sort of pointing out the influence of the Lemic writings and theosophy. He quotes, uh, I believe he um, references a, a book on, on Crowley and things like that. So how, how do you think we're going to see more of this? So what do you think it'll look like the facilitating of the same concepts in this? You know, we talked about Bernays. It's like Bernays on super steroids with the internet yeah. and things like TikTok yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it's going to get really strange because I think that man has always like Crowley's dictum is that there is no God but man. Wait till you get these people who think they want to be gods or titans or something like that with all the technology behind them. They want longevity at all costs. So I think that you're going to just see kind of a techno occult uh, events, I think. And I mean, you look at chat AI and all the GPT AI, incredible stuff, like incredibly powerful um, technology is coming out and uh, it's going to reshape everything. So I don't, I don't know what, which permutation or singularity will ever be achieved, but I think eventually they'll try to, you know, do brain enhance. What is, what does Elon Musk have? He has that the one neural link. Yeah. Neural link. Yeah. So I'd be afraid of that as a Christian, like, I mean, I think that they're really trying to get the mark of the beast, beast type stuff uh, put up on people, whether it's the digital passport or your max um, status. But uh, I'm not optimistic. It seems like this plan is being rolled out. There's a lot of plans being rolled out uniformly across nations, though. It seems like somebody has a like a layer of uh, Bond villain layer in Switzerland, you know, puppeteering all these countries all over the world. So, um, with the advent of technology and stuff like that and data mining, I think uh, I get scared. Like, I want I want to go back to I want to go become an Amish person. 
<laughs> Sounds so, starting to uh, sound better and better. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, it's getting better and better. I, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, hopefully Jesus comes back. That'll be, that'll be good because, uh, it does say in the Bible that, you know, unless he intervenes, no flesh should be saved. So I'm assuming, and then, you know, think him also saying that it's going to be as the days of Noah. So probably some weird stuff going on. And, but, I feel like we're already there. Oh, we're yeah, there for like sure. But I, I think parts of the culture yeah, yeah. more publicly, if they figure out some kind of, you know, in my head with all the transhumanism and transgender stuff leading to it, I can easily see a politician or maybe we already have one be, being prepped in. Um, I won't mention her name, but, you know, everybody knows the one that everyone thinks is a man. You know, that kind of stuff, if it's revealed or or it, maybe that's not the person, but some sort of uh, not gender fluid, but more. Uh, what am I trying to think of uh, a hermaphrodite, like an actual genetic hermaphrodite? Who, androgyny. Adro- andro- androgynous. Yeah. Androgynous is both sexes. I think hermaphroditic is or one of them. No, I got them mixed up. It's opposite. It's the opposite you're, of what you're trying to say androgynous. Yeah. OK. OK. So, yeah, somebody who is androgynous who can become a political leader. Or a very powerful, quote unquote, magician. Uh, where Jesus said, we'll see false Christs and false prophets. And that's kind of what we're seeing. I feel like that's what we're seeing with the Trumps and the Kanye's and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it, yeah, it'll get weird. But also, the, uh, the abuses of children and things like that, there will be bubbles, hives, so to speak, where that is the accepted culture. You know, and I think that's what's happening is it's revealing itself. But it's also going to be like over there, you know, you don't have to go join it, but it'll be there for everyone to join in if you want, you know, into into the hive mind. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not too optimistic necessarily either, but 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 like they believe in like institutional capture. So you're going to get these places where you're not going to be welcome for certain ideas. Right. And they'll probably always blame the Christian. Like I saw one of your posts where they're like. So common culture is like pointing out the Christian is always this hapless, feckless, or bat, you know, two-sided, malevolent right. person like in the end of, uh, what was it? End of Us, what is it? Last of Us. Last, Last of Us, us right. It made me think of also, if you watch um, The Walking Dead, the Christian minister is like a total betrayer of his own, own flock, right? He, he goes right. into the church and locks it out, so his whole flock it's turned into zombies like he's just and he's totally hapless like he's feckless so i think they'll just take it even farther like oh yeah you're the guy you're against freedom and it'll be like their version of freedom will be the inversion it'll be the crowley version of freedom which is total do without will without any restrictions mm, yeah so they'll blame the christians for like being shrill evangelicals and everybody yeah. will become an evangelical or something like that yeah which, i mean whatever i mean they just caricature you and so it's like so i think that that's where we're headed it's probably was the days of noah or places where everybody was practicing kind of uh pagan religions back in the day where there were you know few people left who weren't doing like lot or something like that i don't know um but yeah it just it doesn't seem to work it seems like uh we're going the wrong direction on a on a greased slide doesn't seem to be yeah well, yeah with especially all the genetic stuff happening and i you know we're kind of running out of time but the whole epstein thing epstein becoming such a huge public issue especially with his you know quote-unquote suicide and all this kind of stuff but uh, i'm pretty sure he was they had to take him out he was murdered yeah 
well, yeah, either murder. Yeah, sure. There's all sorts of theories, but uh, really his transhumanism was something that is not often discussed. You know, the stuff he wanted to do with the genetics and, and I'm sure these elite people with these worldviews, you know, holding to a thelemic or theosophical worldview, they might be the first folks to have access and the resources to, I don't know, genetic upgrades or genetic experimentation or, you know, brain machine interface experiments or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, that that's where I'm kind of like, okay, well, it's probably not looking good. And then you got Elon Musk, like you mentioned, coming out and saying in 2013 or 2014 that, hey, we're summoning a demon with AI. So what's your solution, Elon? We must merge with AI so we can <laughs> maintain some sort of humanity. And it's like, oh, man, this is not looking too hot for, for especially for, I mean, I say humanity overall, but also, you know, Christians specifically who seem to uh, have read about these types of events for generations in the book of Revelation and seeing it as sort of, oh, it's allegory. It's never going to happen. And now it's like, It'll be kind of weird if it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, it's so right. it's built it's up so much. Like, what's that, that meme? Like the what book of Revelation is going to be proved today? Like, it's right. incredible. We just had a massive genetic uh, experiment with these yeah. shots. You know, yeah. Those that was just one of the biggest. I think they called it an experiment. I think they knew what was in there. I think they 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 lied about everything having to do with COVID. So I just think that's another lie. It's a massive genetic experiment. The consequences of which. We have no idea. We'll feel it out for the next ten or twenty years. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's like you—you're going to have a dip. You're going to have a birth dip. You're going to have a death rise and a birth dip. They'll be like five years from now or six years from now. Those kindergartens will be empty. They'll be half full yeah. because their kids were not born. And oh so yeah, it was no, there was massive, uh, massively. There was just a report, just an article that uh, the. Uh, mortality rate, the infant mortality rate, you know, uh, exploded in 2021. And this was mainstream. I think it was CNN. They were talking about it, um, especially in the, you know, African-American communities, which kind of connects with the another point about uh, the past three years was that, again, tying in Edward Bernays, the advertising, the PR, the, uh, you know, the public facing communication from uh, government and companies and everything regarding the vaccine. I mean, it was maybe the most powerful campaign that has ever been mounted on a population. I mean, it was a worldwide uh, sort of uh, I would say occultically inspired advertising mind control campaign, uh, you know, that that employed every single powerful corporation. Uh, their logos were getting put on uh, uh the news channels that told you over and over and over again uh, that, you know, you had to do something. And if you didn't do it, you were, uh, you know, the the enemy of society. Uh, and, you know, that's kind, kind You're of. You're doing it of, to save grandma. You're doing it to save your loved ones. I mean, imagine yeah, behavioral man. psychology was brilliant and they had yeah. very brilliant people get involved in doing that. So pressure people coming Christians from all need sides. to understand behavioral science. Yeah. Because yeah. they got Cass Sunstein, who wrote that one article for um, Obama. He was enlisted with his wife. 
And they got guys from uh, McKinsey uh, Consulting did a lot of stuff to decrease vaccine hesitancy. So they got the best of yeah. the brightest. Like they knew what they were doing. The guys at the very top uh, knew exactly what they were doing, how to get it out to the public. I mean, I was yeah. duped. I didn't take the va- I didn't take the shot, but I believe in the lockdowns or whatever because that's what they said. But then now I realize yeah. they were just all scoundrels. Well, They're all criminals. And, They're criminals. And that's the that's the power of the advertising. I mean, that is the magic spell. It is the mechanism by which, you know, magicians at the top of society control the masses is through the uh, what a lot of people consider to be a pretty benign practice of advertising. I mean, we're on, we do, we've, uh, we've been doing the value for value model for quite a while now. And, you know, rejecting all corporate money has been maybe the best decision we've ever made. And it's not just because, you know, if you take some advertising dollars, you're, you know, suddenly a shill or something and can't be trusted or you're censored or whatever. But the very act of participating in the mechanics of spellcraft being practiced on the masses uh, is just something we couldn't, like, we just could not justify it. To ourselves on principle and you know some people scoff at us and some people get straight up angry when we talk about it uh, but the point is i mean and i think that's a that's another result of how powerful the spellcraft of advertising is if uh, just speaking out against the concept of advertising inf- infuriates some people <laughs> and scoffs similar to how speaking out about other things will entirely infuriate people towards you. And it has uh, been difficult for sure. But when I see, you know, you, you talk about the biggest atrocities uh, that are perpetrated on humanity, why are they able to, to happen why don't people rise up march in the streets or do whatever why not well because of effective advertising spellcraft it changes them from the inside out to then defend the people who are perpetrating it on them and uh you know it's uh, honestly this this uh, advertising pr uh, messaging type of uh ritual that we get all day long, every day, every time we watch TV, commercials come on. It is a ritual that uh, that you are not partaking in, but is being perpetrated Forced on in. you. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's meant to control you. And yeah, you can say, oh, I that doesn't that I don't respond to advertisements. I'm immune from the effects of advertisements. Well, the the studies themselves show that the people who think they are immune to the advertisements are the ones who are most affected by it. And if that's not magic, I don't know what is. So, you know, you think of everything that's happened to society. You can say the same thing about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Why the whole Ukraine war, the whole Russia propaganda, everything about it? How is it that people are so bought in and uh, will orient their lives around a cause that has nothing to do with them? It's the magicians in the media that are casting the advertising spell, and you can take it allegorically if you want. Or you could take it literally. And I think it's just as uh, important to keep in mind whether or not you think it's allegorical, the point I'm making, whether it's allegorical or 
or uh, literal. Either way, it's something that we need to be mindful of. And it was when I mentioned uh, propaganda, Edward Bernays's book, and I mentioned there's, uh, you know, occult blogs uh, talking about uh, reading it here. I can read you what they said about this. So this is an occult uh, blog who's sort of, you know, trying to teach teach people how to not only practice the occult, but how to defend themselves. It says here, to get yourself more in tune with subconscious thinking, I recommend the book Propaganda by Edward Bernays, which was written in 1928. It's a classic. It can be found online as PDF, blah, blah, blah. Uh, where is it? Uh, lucky for us as it is usually out of print and for good reason. I cannot recommend this book enough for the serious occultist as it is an essential tool in your toolkit for reclaiming your own subconscious mind. Mm. Please read it. It's only 175 pages long. So they're almost presenting the seminal book that invented <laughs> advertising, uh, reading it as a defense, <laughs> as an occultic defense <laughs> against, you know, magic being perpetrated on you. Yeah, uh, I just can't. I, I, it just blows my mind every time I talk about it so often. And it, uh, it's it's so it's such a core principle, I think, to living in this world that we're in, uh, that uh, I think it would I would be remiss if I didn't point it out in in uh, conjunction with everything we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, agree. I, I have a <laughs> to piggyback on that, Basil. It just reminded me of the Henry Ford quote. Mm -hmm. You said is it is well, and this is relevant to all the banking stuff going on right now. It is well enough that people of the nation do not understand our banking and monetary system, and you can replace that with advertising system or sure. anything for if they did i believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning and it's true if people truly understood the mechanisms and how they're being manipulated they wouldn't fall for it but i i, I think it's interesting that we are in a time where more people realize it but there's also the controlled revealing the controlled awakening process it seems like right where, where the temple example where a bunch of people that woke up to the truth, the anti-establishment kind of thing. And there there's, you know, in the last couple of years, they realize that like, Oh, the government's lying to us or whatever. They listen to Tim pool and you get a magician in there. And then all of a sudden you got, you got millions of people that are like, Oh yeah, this Eccles guy has got some good ideas. And then you're oh, oh, truth or awakened people are all into, you know, whatever chaos magic or at least being manipulated by it without even knowing it. So you know, it's it's just uh, the mechanisms continue, I suppose, and and keeping the the larger population at bay is a skill that they have perfected, and I think they will continue to perfect. And you know, it really begins to sound like a uh, <laughs> a situation where the Earth will, you know, eventually. If you talk about the rapture and the harvesting and the wheat and the tares and all this kind of stuff, it I don't know makes more and more sense to me, but. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we're coming up on a little bit of time here. Uh, William, you have any works other than uh, I know your podcast. Again, you have, man, almost a thousand, 800 something episodes, 895 episodes uh, as of this recording. Um, I see that we got a repost up there recently. That's fun. I did. I found that those old uh, interviews. So I posted both of those. Right on. And people were listening. It did mm -hmm. very well. <clears throat> this one will be the 896th. So that's what we're talking about. All right. But, 
yeah, if you have any links or anything, anything you want to promote, let me know. But yeah, I've yeah. just been kind of grinding away, just research grinding, trying to figure things out, trying to understand the smiley face killers. Uh, there's just a lot of very dark things happening that uh, people need to be aware of and protect themselves from. Uh, very uh, philosophies, like dark philosophies that uh, some people are, I think are actually implementing in the real world to control. And I think that's kind of the theme of this whole talk is like, don't get mind controlled. Like you need to have these, understand propaganda, understand Bernays. But it ties into, believe it or not, it's MK Ultra, which was really not something to get controlled assassins, but to control the population mm -hmm. through a variety of means, whether it's drugs or fake uh, philosophies and so much. So there's a lot of cul-de-sacs for people's lives that they can go down that are actually there to uh, control the population. So you go, go back to the biblically based life, stick with Christ, pray, read the New Testament, you know, Old Testament too, but you'll save yourself from a lot of grief by going down some of these roads that they have set up for you. TV is not your friend. And, uh, it's really, I mean, I think that even these corporations, they, they know that advertising and public manipulation is part of their business plan. And so that's what they do is try to sell their products, even, even if it's a harmful product. So you got to really be careful because they're trying to, they're trying to get MNRA and everybody, even the kids, like I'm hyper suspicious about the entire um, vaccine program for children is probably why. I mean, I think they've actually intentionally been harming people for decades so don't believe the hype <laughs> well make sure to check out william ramsey investigates everybody and uh, we'll have links in the show notes lots of great work over a decade uh, of research and writing to uh, to benefit from and uh, what's your website again william ramsey william ramsey investigates.com yeah. there you I'm go on twitter gab Instagram, you can send me an email. All over the place. I have five, five documentaries, too. I have five documentaries on Vimeo. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Go, go check out the Vimeo. And, of course, uh, check out previous Canary Cry Radio episodes 20, 100, and 114. You'd probably skip 100. It's eight hours long. <laughs> uh, but 20 and 114 uh, to hear our previous conversations with William Ramsey. Thank you very much for coming on the show, buddy. I appreciate it. Likewise. It's great to talk with you guys again. And there you have it, folks. That was William Ramsey from William Ramsey Investigates. We really appreciate his time. And we hope you appreciated this episode of Canary Cry Radio. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I thought we uh, did some reflecting, but also some looking ahead. Things you do on podcasts. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it's interesting because as we mentioned a few times during the interview, uh, William Ramsey had such a foundational effect on everything we do, Gons. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of fun to have an opportunity to share kind of the, the evolution of yeah. the foundation that, you know, how that's grown with us over the years, how we see the concepts being apl applied uh, in our, in our work or through our work rather of the occult and how it works uh, in pretty much everybody's everyday lives. Uh, and certainly we would not have that kind of insight if it weren't for uh, Bill 
Old Bill Ramsey. <laughs> Bill Ramsey, yeah. Laying down the foundations years ago. It's actually a great time to revisit some of that stuff and refresh. And I know it always helps me to go back and look at some of the things that we've talked about. And we, we're, you and I are in a unique position. And all the listeners who have been with us and all new listeners, everybody benefits from uh, these conversations in a sense where you have people who have put together the information for you and they're presenting it. And we have the unique privilege to use it as tools, almost like the occultists use certain Bernays stuff as their tools. We actually have some, you know, some grounded folk putting together stuff. And that's what we've tried to, you know, preserve and prevent, uh, present here in the Canary cry world. But it was nice to revisit, you know, I, I think it gets the ball rolling on Canary cry radio as we, bring it back more and we'll have new guests on and um hopefully it'll be a, a way to show that hey we've been talking about this for a long time and we can yeah. uh, we have a wealth of resources it's not that we know everything it's that we have collected information and provide resources for everybody to take a look at to apply to you know how you view the world and how you process all the craziness happening wartime yeah. banks collapsing uh, spaceships basil we got spaceships in the news mother motherships motherships and yeah so there you go so yeah absolutely if you have a guest or have someone in mind that you'd like us to uh interview or talk with uh email us at canarycryradio at gmail.com let us know who that is maybe put in a good word for us um yeah that's one great way to produce the show but go to canarycryradio.com slash support um really producership is part of the signaling that we're keeping an eye out for if we should continue uh to do you know to to do canary cry radio episodes right now we're doing them once every two weeks uh just trying to get the ball rolling again um but if the producers want it that's that's what we'll do so get involved send us an email produce the show all sorts of ways to do it uh and that will help us not only make the decision but really get the resources together to continue um i do want to remind you go to william ramsey investigates.com he's got a podcast he's got books out waiting to be read uh (laughs) the newest one global death cult uh he's got abomination devil worship and deception in the west memphis three murders got children of the beast alistair crowley's shadow over humanity and prophet of evil alistair crowley 9-11 and the new world order man that that was the book he was promoting uh when he came on our show the first time i believe so lots of good stuff there go check out uh, all of his material uh because uh william has been a friend of the show for quite some time now yeah. uh and with that make sure to check out canary cry news talk if you haven't done it yet that's right canary cry radio and canary cry news talk two different shows the news talk is uh centered around uh weekly current events we do three episodes every week and of course canary cry radio we're coming back we're coming back with the topical episodes and the interviews that everybody misses so much what i what do you think did i do it gans i think i think we did it we've i think we did it another episode of canary Cry radio look at that incredible yeah well we're gonna try to do it again in uh, another two weeks which will be around march 31st i believe so keep an eye out and until then uh get in contact with us send us an email let us know what you think about bringing back canary cry radio yep. uh, but like i said make sure to tune in next time 
But until then, think outside the cage.